This week on the pod, we discuss a late season injury replacement. We go over Monday and Tuesday night comps. We also touch on season 10 Rego and we announce our season 10 GMs. Buckle up, ladies and gentlemen, because it's time for your Super League podcast. Proudly brought to you by Horn Industrial Coatings. Welcome to the electrifying world of Super League basketball. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the pod. A bit different this week. We've got the bald man himself, DT, having a week off. Uh, I'll be your host, uh, Lucas Plaza, GM of the Druin, or oh, not the Druin Dragons, the Packenham Pirates. <laughs> it's been almost a full season. I'm still stuffing that up. Joined by uh, Super League Commissioner, Rowan Sword. How you doing, Row? Hey, Plaza. How you doing, man? Yeah, good, bro. This should be fun, just me and you. Usually we've got Dale keeping us in check, so we might get a little bit loose. Sorry in, uh, in advance to anyone listening that's not... This might be a little bit lower than the usual standard. Um, we've got a bit to touch on this week, Row. We've had a late season injury replacement. Um, so obviously, Super League Zone, Coop Lanting has jetted off to the States uh, to chase a dream. He's, uh, he's going to be suiting up for uh, a Div 1 junior college over there. So good luck to, to Coop. I can't remember the team, Row. Do you remember the team that he's uh, playing for? Dawson University. So, Dawson University. Um, yep. Yeah, obviously a really exciting um, opportunity for Cooper. And um, we're, you know, sad to see him, him go from Super League, but he's uh, he's off to bigger and better things and we uh, we wish him the best. So, um, yeah, the, the news around that is Cooper Lanting has been replaced by Dill Jenkinson. Um, so Dill will, will suit up tomorrow night. Mate, it's a um, it's not often you usually get a like-for-like like replacement. You know, sometimes there's shenanigans involved or... You know, yeah, you usually end up losing a little bit of talent, but definitely not this time. I reckon Dill's a fantastic replacement for Coop. Man, it's uh, it's, it's obviously big shoes to fill, but we're um, we're super excited to get Dill Jank, and as we know, um, Dill Dil Jank can be an MVP of the competition, and um, and he's going to bring a lot a lot to our team. And obviously, he's known for his all round game. He's a terrific passer, great defender, good on the boards, and obviously comes up with big plays and uh, can can put the ball through the bucket. So. We're, uh, we're we're excited to have Dil Jank on board, and I'm hoping he um he links up well with um the big fella Jacko Gray, and um, we can just keep going from where we are, and um yeah, big games ahead. Mate, he's um he's a damn good player, but he's also a fantastic human. You've done pretty well there. He's um yeah. he's got the best smile in Super League. I've said it since the day I had him on my old Drew and Dragons team. He'll uh, he'll he'll kill you with a thousand cuts, but he'll do it all with a smile on his face. So you got to win in there, mate. Hopefully. Fingers crossed he doesn't hurt me in finals. I've got a bad feeling that I reckon it might come back to bite me in the ass. There is that uh there is a possibility that we will be um crossing up in the finals pause. So we'll see how we go. Mate, if all goes well, we'll play off in the uh conference finals, I reckon. So anyway. Fingers crossed. Um look, mate, we might as well jump straight into Monday Night Comp. Um yep. now my team, my Packin and Pirates had the bye this week, so I'm going pretty blind. Were you down there? You obviously got to watch a fair bit. Yeah, I was down there for the um for the for the entire night on Monday, and there was some pretty good games, but there was also some pretty um pretty shitty games as well. To be honest, <laughs> there was a few blowouts, and unfortunately, with those blowouts, um, I think three out of the four games on Monday night were blowouts, and um, it sort of spells the end for for the end of the season for for those teams that were on the losing side of those blowouts as well. And um, unfortunately, next week, which is obviously tomorrow night and Tuesday night. Um, those those teams will be looking to bounce back and finish the season strongly. Absolutely, there's still plenty to play for. Like the we were talking about it before we started the pod. 
the fours are, are pretty much locked in. Obviously, positioning yep. can change in those top fours. So, yep. um, and every one of those teams in the top four is going to want to be coming in with a full head of steam. So these teams outside of the the finals positions can definitely shape it. Um, we'll kick it off, mate. Obviously, the Koalas and the Crocs were the first game of the night on Monday night. Uh, it was the Koalas getting uh, pretty well pistol whipped by the Crocs, 31 to 58. Um, I didn't watch this game, obviously, like I said before, kept an eye on the scores. Uh, the Crocs, they had a, a pretty even scorecard from what I can check here. Uh, Dill Packard, 19 points. He had three steals. He had five rebounds as well. Uh, H. Melson, 15 and 18. Uh, he had four steals to go with that. Uh, Sean Sirikowski, 12 and 13. I reckon that's two double-doubles in a row for, for Sira as well. He's really coming and, into form. And I think it's Sean's last game of the season as well. I think he's off to, off on holidays next week, so we um, wish him all the best. But that's an awesome game to finish on for him. Mate, he's an international man of mystery. He spends a lot <laughs> of time overseas, Sira. I don't actually know what he does for work. I'm assuming he's an assassin. But anyway, <laughs> 12 and 13 for him. Sean Woody Webster had two and eight. Uh, four offensive boards and four defensive boards, so a pretty good night there for Woody. Uh, Zach Chock had eight points. He had six rebounds and a couple of steals too, so a really good spread. Um, I'm assuming H's old man, his stats isn't listed on the sheet at the moment. We're having a bit of a, a difficulty yeah. there with the website. Yeah. Um, so if the numbers don't add up, that's why there's a few games like that this week, guys. But, um, but yeah, the Koalas, it was, a, it was a, a dirty night. 31 points for the team is, you know... You, you, you go home with your head sort of between your knees with that one. Uh, Spez was the best of them, 16 and 11. He had three steals as well. Spez has really had a, a big sort of second half of the season. He probably started a little bit, you know, sort of slow by his standards. Uh, and he's really sort of taken off. Um, apart from that, not much to read about. Sean Johnson had six and 11. Um, Robbie Middleton, three and, uh, three and two on the rebounds. He had four steals as well. Uh, Mitch Gray, he didn't hit the, he couldn't hit the side of a barn. He was zero from nine. He had seven rebounds though, uh, four offensive boards and a steal. Uh, Jakey Connor, four points, six rebounds. Dill Gray had two points, two rebounds, and Brady Healy had four rebounds and a block. So, dirty night for the Koalas, the, mate. The first time um, Dill Gray's outscored Mitch Gray. <laughs> I hope you let him know about it too. <laughs> I hope he's all up in his business. Zero we're we're, we're actually playing Brady. the koalas tomorrow, so I don't want to talk too much trash about Mitch's game <laughs> because he'll probably come out and nail ten threes or something and have a good one. But um, nah, nah, the koalas just wasn't a wasn't a good night for them. They they shot at twenty one percent. Um, there was a lot of a lot of shots went up. They got sixty five shots up. It was a really high transition sort of game, high tempo. Um, but obviously because it was a blowout, fifty eight to thirty one. There was a few easy trans points in that last quarter. Um, obviously, it just uh, it just didn't come together for for the Koalas. Mitch Gray, as you said, shot poorly, but he's he's normally a lot better than that. And um, and obviously Spazza, that I think the load was just a, a little bit too heavy on Monday night. And um, the Crocs are good. The Crocs had a great win, and the Crocs are the one of the, one of the best teams not to make finals. And guys like Dill Packer and H Melson and stuff like from the start of the season, I. I kind of penciled these guys in to make the finals. I think they've had a um, it's a little interrupted season. They've had a few injuries and a lot of challenges, but um, unfortunately, um, they're missing out. But they're, they're going to be um, finishing. I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm working at the moment. No, that's funny. <laughs> oh, bro, that's <laughs> cute as. Don't cut that out. 
I'll, I'll put it on mute and I'll let you keep talking. Yeah, you're right, brother. I'll keep going here, mate. Um, I think it's a bit of a, I guess, a, a story of the season for the Crocs. They started slowly um, and just sort of left too much to, to make up, but definitely one of the better teams that, you know, that aren't in the four. Uh, and for the Koalas, they're probably playing for a little bit of pride, uh, you know, this week to, to sort of finish on a high. I think Spez has sort of held the load uh, for the majority of the season for the Koalas. And if you didn't have a big game, you know, it sort of showed on the on the score sheet. They didn't really come up with the Ws, so... Uh, both those teams, um, you know, tough titties is what it is. We move on to the next game. Uh, it was probably, you know, the first. There's a couple of monster stat lines on the Monday night, and this was the first of them. Uh, the Jembrel Pacers, 44, going down to the Berwick Sharks. I've got to say an undermanned Berwick Sharks. Uh, the Pacers having their full team, what the Sharks only having five. Uh, the story of the night was uh, the GM for the Sharks, Lee Belton, putting up a stupid 49 Free field goal attempts, knocking down 14 of them. So shooting at about 28%, but getting up 49 shots is stupid, stupid, stupid. Uh, he ended up with 38 points. He had seven rebounds, three steals, and I reckon he had a dime too, as quick to tell us all in the GM chat. That that dime came in the last minute of the game, I think. <laughs> just as we're like, come on, man, let's get 50 shots up. I think he decided to pass one. What a man. What a man. Always <laughs> looking out for his teammates. Oh, GM Lee Belton. It, uh, was, but, uh, it was the best game of the night. This this was a cracker. And, um, you know, the, the Pacers should be really proud of their efforts. Um, I think they, you know, took it right up to them. And the Pacers have been on the wrong side of a lot of close games this season. They're um, a terrific team. Um, I think the Berwick Sharks obviously have surprised a lot of guys this this, this season. And I think it's a credit to, obviously, Luke, um, to Lee, Lee Belton's um, GMing and leadership. But also, they've got some real hustlers on this team. Like, they win the O-boards every single week, like 27 O-boards again in this game. And when you're winning the O-boards, you just get more shots. And, um, you know, the Sharks have got 72 shots to 56 shots. So it doesn't really matter what um, what percentage you're shooting at if you're getting an extra um, 16 O-boards than the other team. Well, it's an interesting reading. They had more offensive boards than they did defensive, 27 to 26. So yeah. it's, uh, it's a bit of a crazy stat. There wouldn't be too many teams that sort of drum up to more O boards than they do defensive boards for sure. It's the, uh, yeah, it's no, the ones like Liam Blacker and, um, you know, Bryce Joyner. They always sort of like sneak in underneath you and, um, you know, they, they get to the right spots. And they also know like Lee Belton's taking long shots. So long shots equals long rebounds. Absolutely. Um, and they've worked that out well. And, um, Obviously, long rebounds, it, it brings them into the game and they're, they're, they've played really well together. And I think that's a real credit to Lee this season. No, he's drafted a good team, man. They're definitely a danger team going into um, the Monday night finals. They're going to probably going to finish top unless they shit the bed this week. Um, but yeah, they're definitely a danger team. And I really rate the inside presence. It's got Big Roadie in there. They usually have Coop Rice as well, who they were missing on that, on this night. Um, yeah, and that's sort of a that's a deadly big man combo, mate. You've got Rody who who shoots the piss out of it usually. Uh, not his usual numbers tonight. He was one from five, uh, but seventeen rebounds, seven O boards to go with his four points. So, yeah. um, a big part of it. Uh, I'll run through the rest of the stats real quick. Uh, yeah. Brad Clough had three points. He had five boards. Uh, Bryce Joyner four points, ten rebounds. Obviously, Lee Belton we've touched on thirty eight and seven. Um, Liam Blacker, he didn't hit the scoreboard. He was zero from six from the field. But like you said, he had eight defensive boards to go with his uh, six defensive boards. So 14 rebounds, had three steals uh, and handled the ball really well. He ran the full 40 and only had two uh, two turnovers. So 
pretty good numbers there for Liam. Um, for the Pacers, you know, they've, they've got a pretty, you know, a decent spread here. Um, 44, they only went down by five points. And it's probably going to come down to just the amount of shots that they let get up by the Sharks. Yeah. They shot the ball at a better clip. They shot at 30%. Um, they rebounded. They rebounded okay. 40 defensive boards, but when the team, the opposition's putting up 72 shots, yeah, you'd probably want closer to 50 or 60 uh, sort of defensive boards to limit the the second chance points. Um, yeah. Best of them was uh, Jamie Machingo. He had 17 points. He had eight rebounds. He had two steals as well. Uh, Kelvin Austin, 14 points, nine rebounds, one short of the double double. Um, Apart from that, Fab Monty actually had six points. He had five assists, I noted, on the previous page before I moved over to go with his four rebounds. So a really good all-round game there from Fab. Uh, yeah. Bojack Whelan had four and five. He had a couple of blocks to go with it. Uh, Grimo, the GM, uh, he only put up five shots. He didn't hit one of them either. So I'm probably putting the – I mean, I think the season's over, but putting a little bit of heat on Grimo in the last round. Get some shots up, brother. Um, you're as deadly as any of them from the arc. He only played 17 minutes too. He's so obviously trying to spread the load there. But I will remind Grimo that if any one of your players doesn't get 20 minutes on the court, we take you out the back and flog you with a sock full of batteries. So it <laughs> doesn't matter if it's yourself. <laughs> um, Liam McDonald, he had two points, five rebounds, uh, a couple of steals as well. Bit of a low night there from, from Liam. You know, I, I reckon he's a, he's a better shooter than only taking five looks. I think in that team, he probably needs to be closer to 10. He's got a pretty good midi uh, and a big guy as well, so he can finish close to the rack. Um. But yeah, the the lower shark, not the lower sharks, the shorthanded sharks got the job done. Five points. You got any more comments on this one, Ro, before I move on? No, nah, let's, uh, let's kick it on. It's uh, bad luck for, you know, bad luck by the Pacers. I thought they played extremely well and hopefully they bounce back and play well next week. Absolutely. Uh, in the third game of the night, it was the Ringwood Rangers and the Clyde Kittens with the Rangers. Uh, I don't oh, know. No, if this no, is... no, no. It was Kyle Nagel, 50 points. <laughs> the Kittens, 41 points. Mate, what an absolute ridiculous stat line. It's kind of stiff on Lee in the previous game, man. You know, if he's putting up 38 any other week, he's easily the best player of the round. But this week it was one man and one man only, mate. The snag, the big sausage, yeah. Kyle Nagel. He shot 22 of 30 field goals at 73%. He didn't take a three. He did it all within the arc, sort of around the rim, doing his little spin moves and, and getting blokes into trouble. He shot 85% from the free throw line, put up 50 points. He had seven rebounds, all of them offensive. He had seven steals, and I reckon he had seven dimes as well. Yeah. That seven, is a monster seven. stat line. And 50. It's <laughs> pretty awesome, man. Uh, they did score 90 points, the Rangers. They did an extremely good job. But um, Kyle Nagel, like, it doesn't happen too often. A fifty, a fifty ball is a, it's a big number to put up in Super League, and I think he should be uh, extremely proud of his, uh, of his, of his efforts, and say um, great recognition for him. I think he's uh, in a very, in a very strong position to be the MVP this season. Mate, I, I think we were chatting about it in the jam chat. I think it actually is a first, the first fifty piece in Southeast domestic. Yeah, uh, we may have had one. I think before in morning in uh, Peninsula League and also in um, Elite League, which um, yep. you know those leagues are lesser to the Southeast Domestic. The Southeast Domestic is the cream of the crop when it comes to Super League. We are the best of the best. Yeah, of the Peninsula is shit. Elite <laughs> is called Elite just to make those rep guys feel good. Southeast Domestic is where it at, and Schnags has dropped a fitty piece, the first one ever. So yep. props to you, Kyle. That is a, a monster stat line. 
He was pretty well supported too, mate. Uh, Jack Morris Burney has put up 19 and 22 uh, with four steals. And I reckon he had a couple of assists there too, feeding Snagger. Uh, in any other week, that's a, either a player of the week nomination, if not a win. Um, they've been a really big one-two punch. And it's the way it's going, my Pirates are probably playing the Rangers' first week of the finals, and I'm shitting myself. That is a uh, undesirable matchup. Obviously, you guys played each other a couple of weeks ago, and yeah, they like, flogged us. <laughs> not not good, but I mean, they, these things happen. Like sometimes you you're down by ten or twelve points, and you take a risk and you change your defense, and then it blows out to twenty or thirty. Whereas you could have just kept doing what you're doing and lost by ten, but you obviously take the risk sometimes, and it blows out. That was um, yeah, definitely what happened with our previous matchup to the Rangers. Um, I don't think that's what happened in this game. I think the kittens were shizen. <laughs> um, sorry, I haven't finished on the Rangers stats there. I will just touch real quickly. Shannon Humphreys had two points. He had four rebounds. Nick Melson, six and 11. Uh, a couple of blocks there too for Nick. He's been really good value for the Rangers. I think last yep. week of the fourth round. Uh, yep. Josh Bow, eight points, six rebounds. Uh, and I reckon Balls, Bailey Griffiths had five and six as well. So really good night from him. Uh, for the Kittens, it's um, there's not much to read apart. From, I mean, to be fair, they put up, what did they put up? 41. Is that adequate? Is that accurate? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, we're not missing anyone there. They put up 41, which isn't the worst scoreline you'll ever see. Um, but when you let 90 up at the other end, it's a little bit, you know, it's yeah. a little bit worse for wear. Dan Whitfield was the best for me. He had 24 points and a couple of rebounds. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, Lugie was the next best. He had eight and four. Uh, Alex Kerr, four points. He had 14 rebounds as well. Seven offensive really points good. steal. Yeah, uh, so a really good. night. I played a couple of times against Alex now, and he's he's hard work in the paint. He's he sort of he uses his body really well. He knows where to be, positions himself really well. So he's uh, he's had a pretty good season. Uh, Cash Turner, two points, four rebounds. Uh, apart from that, Jay Burgess, zero points. He's been scoreless a couple of times this season. Jay, um, I don't know if it's him not getting the looks, or you know they're just not finding him. But he's usually sort of a an eight to ten point a game type player. Uh, he had uh, he had four rebounds. Nathan Ewer, three points, four rebounds, uh, and John Lay, he uh, he had a donut, but he had a couple of a uh, couple of rebounds to go with it. So pretty quiet night for Jono. Sorry, I just had to take a sip of my drink. Sorry, pause. I just uh, just had to feed my daughter. It's, uh, it's You're right. All good, brother. Nine thirty, and she had fish and chips for dinner, and she's still hungry. <laughs> I didn't hear. Was that her that came before? Or was that sound like your son? No, 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 that's a little girl. Oh, yeah. okay. Sorry, not yeah. to say your, your daughter sounds like a boy. But... <laughs> yeah. Um, no. That's all right. I'm going to move on from this one, mate. Uh, yep. Obviously, like I said, the Rangers off went off their head, but uh, all on the back of a schnag and nagel. Fitty piece, well done, schnags. That's season uh, over for the, um, for the kittens as well, and I think it's probably a pretty disappointing way for them to finish. Um, but that's, you know, that's Super League sometimes, like the score's not going your way, and then it sort of just got worse than what it was, and... Um, you're playing against one of the best guys in the league, and Kyle Nagel is probably one of the best players to ever play Super League. So that's uh, that's what he can do to you. Absolutely, there's actually there's been some whispers about him being in the goat conversation for Super League. Uh, I don't know how Jeff Reed feels about <laughs> that. He is the long appoint, long anointed, sorry, goat of Super League, and he's still playing some good balls. So might be something that we have to chuck up in the uh, on the on the Facebook page and get a poll going one day, maybe. Oh, that, that that would be interesting. That'd be a spicy poll, actually. That'd be a very <laughs> spicy poll. Uh, on to the next one, mate. It was your Bloodhounds uh, knocking over the Lakeside Vikings by a shit ton again. 
74 beats 33. Um, this is a dirty old night for the uh, for the Vikings, mate. Your bloodhounds put on a clinic by the look of it. Yeah, I think we we, we defended really well. Um, as you can see, we both had 73 shots, but they've shot at 19%. We're at 45%. So I think we defended well. And obviously, you play good defense, you get trans points. And Cooper Lanting got a few easy trans points early. Broke the game open, and then um, you know, and then we kind of just traded baskets, I guess, in the last quarter. But forty points was a uh, was a was a sizable win. It's a, it's, I was really proud of the way the boys, um, you know, put together a, a solid defensive effort, and obviously got a great win. Um, and it's obviously Cooper Lanting's last game, so we made a big effort to make sure we were at our best for this game. And yeah, super proud of the way everyone's everyone's operating. And um, yeah. I think the Vikings are a very good team on paper, so it's um it's surprising that we got the win by so much. Mate, they're a dangerous team, actually. You never, you know, Mikey obviously is a bit of a dog himself, but he's drafted pretty well. Craig Walker, Jamie McNeil, um, Jared Marshall, which doesn't look like Jazz played by the look of it. Nah, Jared had a night off. Yeah, that probably tells the story. He's been doing the bulk of their scoring this season. I reckon he's probably the difference between him putting up thirty five and between put them putting up forty five, thirty five and fifty. Sorry, so yeah. Bit of a W there for you. So I want to point out one game uh, before we get into the big stats. Blakey Schreiber, he had seven rebounds, two steals, and nine dimes. Yeah, man. Blake um, Blake sort of came across, obviously, in that Cooper Lanting transaction and um, sort of took over that role as point guard, um, sort of free up Cooper to play sort of at that shooting shooting guard role. And, man, Blake is, you know, pretty underrated. I think he's made some really good decisions. He's a good hustler. Um, and obviously he loves passing the ball, so it's um, he's done a, a, an extremely good job at playing playing point guard. So I reckon Blakey was mid seventh round, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely good value, man. I think if you, it's hard to find good pass first guards. I think. You know, it's, we're, yeah, we're we're obviously very lucky to get him part of that Cooper deal, but it's about sometimes it's about not where guys are placed in their draft. It's just about like the role that they get within the team. And, you know, he's um, obviously we're always playing with like five or six players and Blake's had a big responsibility this season. He's had a good, good role. And I think it's sort of like allowed him to showcase how good he can be. No, absolutely. I've got a feeling he's not like I'll definitely be looking at him in next season's draft a lot earlier than where he went in this one. I'm going to stop uh, talking him up then, I think. So we can nah, get stuff, quiet. man. I've got my eyes on that man. And he's a good-looking man too. He'll look fantastic yeah. in Pirates Black next season. Uh, <laughs> moving on, Coop Lanting, the star of the night. He had 35 and 7, uh, a couple of steals to go with that. Jacko Gray, another monster double-double, 20 and 17. Um, he's pretty unstoppable in the paint row. I don't think you're going to find a much better big on the Monday night comp, at least, than uh, the big Jacko. Uh, Jared Kells, 10 and 10. Good, uh, really nice double-double there. Pretty tidy as well. Shot it at 56%. Uh, Lockie McGrath, he had 8 and 6. Uh, 3 from 13, so probably not his best shooting night. So he could have had a lot more by the look of it. Man, Lockie's been super value as well. Another guy that went sort of like, I think he was sort of early 7th. Um, but he's averaged 7 or 8 points this season. So, and, and he's a good decision maker as well. Obviously, a little unlucky on some of their shots as well. We encourage everyone in our team to shoot the ball when they're open. And, um, you know, there's going to be some nice lock. He's going to hit four or five threes in a game. So great shooter, good decision maker. And he's been a very handy player for us this season. Mate, 25 minutes from yourself as well. Hit the scoreboard, had eight rebounds. Yeah, I was just testing the testing the groin out. and um, yeah, got, you pull up? Got through it really well. And then two days later, I was back at work and it was... In a, in a world of pain again, so oh, I'm still a game time decision tomorrow night. So we'll uh, we'll see how we go. 
No, absolutely. Uh, just on Lockie McGrath too, one of the better blokes in Super League. If you haven't met Locke before, make yourself known. He's very, very nice. I reckon, you know, he's, he's one of those guys, sorry, just to go back on his game, that has not suffered but has been very selfless in the GM role. He was obviously a GM for, I reckon, four or five seasons at least. Yeah. Um, and I reckon he's just one of those guys that was like, no, nah, it's all right, I'll draft and sort of I'm the back end of it, which a lot of guys do. It's nothing wrong with that. But I love him in that catch-and-shoot type position, sort of playing that three. I, I, uh, I think, yeah, having that role where he's not having to worry about court time and all that sort of stuff, and you just go out and play, I think that's yeah. what he's did in this season. No, also, absolutely. When he was playing for the Camels, he prioritised everyone else. And he would probably, you know, give himself the least amount of minutes and least amount of shots and opportunities sometimes. So, um, yeah, I, I hope he's had an enjoyable season. He's He's averaged himself, you know, 31, probably 34 minutes a game this season. So he's had a, a good opportunity and he's shot extremely well. And, man, it's so much fun playing with him. No, absolutely, mate. For the uh, for the Vikings, it's a pretty dirty scorecard, mate. But uh, they had Mike Godfrey put up 11 points. He had six rebounds and a couple of steals. <clears throat> Pardon me. Mark Sertiz, four and six. Uh, Kyle Day, every day, Kyle Day, three and six. One, one from eight from three. So... A bit of a dirty night there for KD. Hopefully, he can fire off some big numbers in the final round. Uh, Jaden Hamilton had five and two. Uh, Jamie McNeil had 10 and nine. Uh, he had four offensive boards there. I haven't got the assist numbers in front of me, but I guarantee you these up there in the assist numbers. Uh, and Craig Walker had a couple of rebounds. He had a pretty dirty night himself, zero from seven. So they'll move on pretty quick, the Vikings, and uh, rock up this week. And I'll be, I'll be nervous playing them. They're not going to play two shockers in a row for sure. Nah, nah. Mike's. Um... Mike's got a really good group of guys there. And, um, yeah, they didn't shoot, obviously, as well as what they normally would, um, luckily for us. But they'll bounce back. And, yeah, it's got, it's going to be their last game of the season. So, hopefully, guys like Mike Godfrey and Kyle Day can, you know, shoot at a high percentage and, and, and finish the game, you know, finish the season really well because they're um, a really, really strong competitive team, awesome team on paper as well. Um, you know, unfortunately, they didn't, they didn't get the results um, – enough close wins this season that they had a few close losses early in the season. They're sort of just chasing their tail, but awesome um, awesome guys to play against last week. I uh, had, a, had a heap of fun. Mate, I'd love to see KD in the final round just sit in that corner, put up, you know, 10 to 15, you know, buckets from the uh, from the corner, from the arc, just do his thing, get himself a bit of a PB. This guy, he's, he's a good shooter when he gets, when he hits a couple early, he'll hit. Yeah, you know, two or three more easy for the night. So yeah, he, he uh, pump faked me a couple of times and sent me into the crowd. And um, <laughs> respectfully enough, we, we we knew we had to close him out and challenge all his shots. And um, and to his advantage, he got us in the air a few times. And um, yeah, made made a couple. But he um, you know, hopefully next week he makes a couple more. Absolutely. Uh, that's the end of the Monday night comp, guys. We're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors, and we'll be back in a minute. Horn Industrial Coatings offer you the best quality in epoxy floor coverings. Whether it's a factory floor, showroom, garage or outdoor basketball court, Horn Industrial Coatings will have you covered. Their products are designed to be hard wearing and are suitable for foot traffic and even vehicle traffic. With over 20 years of experience, Dean and the crew at Horn Industrial Coatings will make sure your flooring is finished to the highest standard. Get in contact for a free quote at www.hornindustrialcoatings.com.au. Lincoln Scott at Coronas Real Estate, changing lives for the better. One Coronas, many solutions. 
here to help with all your property needs, whether you're selling, buying or leasing your home in the southeast suburbs. Lincoln demonstrates exceptional diligence, drive, commitment with 15 years of experience selling local and living local. Thinking of selling? Contact Lincoln Scott at Coronas Real Estate today on 0423 486 285. And we're back, ladies and gents. We're going to cover off a bit of Tuesday Night Comp. Um, I'm assuming, uh, Ro, you wouldn't have been at the Tuesday Night Comp. We're both Monday Night GMs. Yeah, no, Tuesday night I was, uh, I was busy, unfortunately. Just had the, uh, the phone out and I was just refreshing and checking the box score. So I yeah, didn't get, absolutely. To get to watch the stream, but... I feel that. Um, yep. So if uh, if our I guess if our recaps are a little bit off or a little bit lacking, guys, that's why we do apologise. Uh, but we'll do our best to give these games the credit they deserve. Uh, starting with the first game of the night was the Bulldogs beating the Bucks by twenty seven points, uh, pretty much destroying the Bucks top four hopes yeah. for the season, which is a shame. Uh, the Bucks had an opportunity to obviously finish fourth and, and qualify for that final seeding and. They didn't take it. So credit to the Bulldogs, man. The Bulldogs are the, probably the best team this season not to make finals. And um, obviously, again, I've said this a few times, they've had a lot of close games this season that they lost early um, and they were chasing their tails. But, man, the Bulldogs are a great team. So I'm not not surprised by this result. But obviously, 57 to 30 is a bit of a blowout. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I'll um, go through the scores real quick. For the Bucks. now I do apologise. I've only got four players here for the Bucks. Um I'm assuming Lucas Armstrong, Lucas Armstrong, James Armstrong was a um, was the replacement for Link. Yeah, James Armstrong came, and I think he came about um, half time or just before half time. So they've used Link Scott here on the score sheet to start the game. Yeah, five games in the fever to start officially yeah, to start kick the game. the game off. Yeah, yeah. So they and kicked I'm, it off. Sub yeah. Link Scott out, and then obviously um, Armstrong came a little bit late, and unfortunately the Bulldogs did their damage early. So adding up the points here, I reckon James has had about eight. Um, just yep. and that's so I do apologise. I haven't got his rebound numbers or anything in front of me, but I'm sure he had a pisser. Uh, for the Bucks, it was Michael Stewart. He had ten and seven. Um, Joshy Saunders had five and seven. Uh, only eight looks for Joshy too, which isn't a lot. It doesn't look like these guys had a lot of shots for the night. Forty-one looks. Oh, so. No, nah, this is all Timmy Morgan. Tempo control, control the game. Defense first. Um, he is a mongrel on D, mate. He's a nightmare. <laughs> Fortunately, being a bigger bloke, I don't usually have to deal with him. But um, <laughs> he's uh, he's a nightmare. You hear a lot of guards in the league sort of not struggle with uh, with Timmy, but just have a lot to say about him. So uh, for Jamie Franklin, he had three points as well. Good to see him get a bucket. And uh, Dean Horn had four points to go with his four rebounds. Um, did a little bit of damage from the free throw line there. Horny too shot uh, four from six. So good to see. Uh, for the Bulldogs, actually, sorry, before I move on from the Bucks, I want to highlight, I reckon, I've sort of said it a couple of times this season, I see Mikey Stewart's numbers here, he's had 10 points and 7 rebounds, uh, hasn't shot that well, but only 11 looks, you know, yeah. I feel like if the game's not going your way and you've got a centre that is as long as Mikey Stewart and also as tidy around the bucket as Mikey Stewart, uh, that's sort of my go-to play anyway, is just put it on his head and let him do the rest, um, I'm not. I'm, I'm assuming, obviously, I know Josh is a pretty smart player. He would have had the Bucks trying to do that. 
um, and keeping in mind that he was playing against uh, probably more so Gav Trapnell than anyone else in that team, and he's probably one of the better defensive bigs the comp's ever seen. So, a hundred percent, I think it's a matchup thing in this situation. Obviously, Gav Trapp inside defensively, but you also got Hayden Byron and Liam Liam mm. Love as well, and then even Tom Daly's very athletic and can compete inside. So, they're a super long team um, and super athletic team, the Bulldogs. Um, I think it's uh, – I do have a point that I'm getting to here. Sorry. I've, I've noticed Mikey's numbers this season. He started pretty well. Uh, they sort of tapered, and I reckon that's sort of reflective of the Bucks' form. Yep. Um, you know, it's a bit of a shame. Mikey, obviously, an MVP winner from last season, so he is a quality player. Um, and I'm looking forward to him coming back next season and setting us all alight. But uh, I reckon that's the story of the Bucks' season right there. They had uh, a good start. Uh, they played a, a pretty good brand of basketball, but just once the form tapered a little bit, it sort of all fell away pretty quick. So, Or was it when they lost Jorian and Tebow? Well, Giuseppe, he is a barometer for a lot of teams. Joey ended yeah. up with the Penguins, I believe, didn't he? Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and they've won a couple of games too since they got him. Yeah, it might be something yeah. to that, mate. might be something to that. Yeah. Uh, for the Bulldogs, they had a pretty good spread. Uh, Timmy Morgan had 12 and 6. Uh, Tommy Daly, 4 and 7. Uh, three steals, sorry, for Timmy Morgan. Two steals for Tommy as well. Uh, Hayden Byron had six and seven. Uh, Gav Trapnell had two points. He had six rebounds, had a couple of steals and a block. So sort of the stock standard defensive night there from Gav. Dan Blythe, nine points, three rebounds. Uh, and Dan Eagleton with a Player of the Week uh, nomination in this one. 24 points, nine rebounds, three steals and a fantastic game. So 12 from 19 from the field as well, if you don't mind. Yeah, this is this is probably what we expected more of from Dan Eagleton. We know he's got the potential to be dropping 20 and obviously in this case 24 points in a game. He's had a few games this season where he's just sort of hovered around that sort of five or seven or nine points. Um, he's a great player. One of the best mid-range shots in the game. Gets to the rack as well. He's very clever. Um, you know, awesome. He's got 24 points and hopefully we, um, we see him again next season and, and uh, we see this more regularly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and his brother Chris, if I'm not there, our brothers, aren't they? Before I yes, yep, make a, make a more of a fool of myself than I normally do. <laughs> uh, his brother Chris is 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 very much the same. They, both these boys seem to have the potential to put up a big game like this, and it's good to see Dan put it together. Yes. Uh, run out, run out the full forty as well. So they he obviously, you know, uh, his yeah, GM, Dan Dan caught on to it that he was on a on a pretty good night and kept him out there. So at uh, the Bulldogs didn't finish in the four, did they? No, no, they're going to finish yeah, fifth, sixth or seventh, I think. No, spewing. Uh, like you said, probably one of the better teams to not make it. Same with the Bucks in saying yep. that. Yep. Uh, I don't think I'd want to match up against either of these guys on a crossover. But that season over for those two, so they'll be rocking up for a bit of pride this week. Uh, I'd like to see Joshy Saunders. He started the season really well. Uh, eight shots. I want to see him put up at least 15 this week and, and hopefully put on a big scoreline. Same with Mikey Stewart. Yep. Um, I'd love to see the big fella go to town and do, do his thing down low. Uh, on so to the next one. The, um, Sorry, mate. the Bucks are playing the Ducks. So I'm sure you'd <laughs> love to see them perform well against that get, DT's team. Get Buck and Ducked. <laughs> now, I've talked shit about the Ducks a lot this season, but um, they've ever since I started pasting them on the pod, they've come good. So I'm going to keep my mouth tightly shut there. <laughs> I'm going to leave them be. Uh, the next game of the night, mate, was the Packing Them Up of Unicorns going down uh, 46 to 63 to the Druin Dragons. Um, just loading up my box score as we go. Sorry, it's taking its sweet ass time. Uh, the Dragons probably one of the more better put together teams, I reckon, especially on the Tuesday comp. Uh, yep. Leading the way for them was uh, GM, future first round pick, uh, Michael Blythe, 24 <laughs> points, four rebounds. Um, 
Cam Scott, 19 points, 15 rebounds, two steals, three blocks. And I reckon there's some assists in there too. This guy's easily a top five player in Super League in my mind. Yep. Um, and if he's on that draft board next season, I don't care if he's not locked, I'm picking him. I don't care. He's, come, <laughs> he's, in, he's in a Pirates uniform. Uh, he's going to make the Pirates go to Tuesday, yeah? Yeah, I will move. Well, no, Dill Jenks in the draft, so I might have to rethink that. But uh, Trent Reefford, 11 points, 13 rebounds, a really nice uh, double-double there for Trent. Nine offensive boards for Trent there too. That's yep. a massive number. He's uh, a hustler. Two, absolutely, two steals. He's got a really good time on his jump, actually, Trent. Like, he really hits his high point. Like, he's, he's got sweet timing on it, you know what I mean? Like, I find myself personally, when I jump for rebounds, mistiming my jump a lot. And like you know, yeah, just reads it really well. Just, just, nice. just missing it by bees because you jump a little bit too early or too late. Whereas this bloke doesn't miss when he's when he's timing his leap. So uh, Phil Schofield seven points, two rebounds, uh, and Lyndon Dorber two points, eight rebounds. Um, pretty good night there for the Dragons. Have they only got the five, or am I missing? Yeah, you know they do. They've done this a few times. The Dragons have you know put put up an amazing result with just five players. So. Kind of doesn't matter which five they've got. They've done this a few times this season. They've been super impressive. Mate, they've done really well here. And, and I'd like a harp on about Cam. I'm a massive fan of this guy. Uh, but he makes players around him so much better. Um, not that yep. they're bad players, but he finds you when you're in a good position. Uh, you might not even think you're in a good position. And the ball's in your hand. You go, oh, shit, I've got a shot here. So this yep. guy uh, makes everyone around him look better. Mick's been saying that in the GM chat. He's just trying to sandbag his own GM skills. <laughs> Um, trying to get himself out of that first round, but it's not going to happen, unfortunately, mate. Uh, for the Unicorns, uh, Ash Beck, 23 and 20, another monster double-double. Um, he's put up some massive numbers this season, Ash, and he's been across a couple of teams too. So it doesn't matter who he's playing with, this guy's going to get his uh, he's going to get his numbers. Uh, Summer Tapper, nine points, four rebounds, a couple of steals. Jess Maudsley, seven points, two rebounds, five looks at the bucket. Uh, I need to draft this guy, man, because I guarantee I'd have him shooting 15 to 20 looks and lighting it up. I think if you pair him, you know, with a guy like Dill Jank, man, he's gonna he's gonna be made to take 15 or 20 shots. And if he takes 15 shots, he's averaging 25 points a game. Mate, if I get Dill Jank and Jess Maudsley next season in the draft, I'm putting an auto draft on for the rest, and I'm just getting him. <laughs> I don't even care who else I pick. That's my team done. Uh, Eli Evans, he uh, he only took the one shot, didn't manage to find it, but he had eight rebounds. He had two steals um, in a pretty good defensive night for him. Uh, Curtis Wheeler, two points, one rebound. Uh, and Angus Fay, five points. Uh, didn't have a rebound, but had a steal there too. So um, in, hoping Angus comes back to the league. I reckon he's going to be one of those guys that after he gets a season or two under his belt at Super League, he's going to just jump. Yeah, I think he's been impressive. He'll he'll creep up the, um, up the charts next season if he comes back. And um, obviously... Um, he's a good point guard, and there's not a there's not a heap of point guards to go around, and um, he's a guy that can run the show for you, and he's done extremely well. What do you make of the unicorns this season, Row? Obviously, I haven't really got to watch them that often. So, being on the other, I think other the night. unicorns have, they drafted pretty well um, on paper; they were pretty good, but I think they had a lot of interruptions with um, with injuries and form, and um, I know that they're missing a lot of key players at key times. Nate Gormley was obviously in that team early. Missed a lot of games with injury. I know Jess Morsley also missed games with injuries as well. So I think they're one of the more unlucky teams based on injuries this season. So there's a lot of like what-if moments for these guys. Um, they're better than what um, – I think they're, they're the ninth seed at the moment. They're, they're bottom ladder, but I think they're a lot better than that. And um, who have they got next week? 
they've got the Bears next week, so they've got an opportunity to take a big scalp. So be ready to play the Bears, I think, because um, Unicorns are a good team. No, absolutely, mate. I, I, same, I'm, I echo his thoughts. I thought Curtis had put together a pretty good uh, pretty good team on draft night, and then when he made those moves uh, in the trades, you know, I didn't think they were bad moves either. I think, he, you know, he brought in Ash Beck, who's, who's dominated for him. Um, you know, he's brought Summit Thapper in as well. He's had a pretty yep. good uh, pretty good season. So a bit of bad luck, a uh, bit of misfortune. Um, but Curtis will be, I'm sure, back next season and ready to put it together again. Yep. Um, the Dragons, obviously, they're locked in for finals. Um, you know, from from the outside, I reckon they're one of the most dangerous teams. On the Tuesday night, um, obviously, the Silverbacks have been fairly well undefeated all season, bar a game or two, and the Bears as well. But yeah, the you know, Dragons I, are in the mix, and they'll um, they'll obviously want to go into finals with you know with good form as as they have been playing. And um, I think they play the Penguins next week, so that'll be an interesting matchup. But yeah, man, I think it's it's probably down to the three in the. In, in the Tuesday night competition, although as we sort of transition to the next game, we're talking about the Foxes versus the Silverbacks. When we say it's down to three, the Foxes just earned themselves the fourth spot um, by beating the Silverbacks, who are obviously a really a high seed in that in that pool. So uh, maybe the Foxes are a genuine threat now. They've got um, obviously the um, the new addition of uh, Noel Christensen. Um, you know that they're, they're they're really a really strong team, and I think um, Joshy Landing's done a really good job making uh, making the Foxes show together. So yeah, just in the next game, we've got the Foxes forty three versus the Silverbacks forty one, and I think this sort of caught a lot of people by surprise. No, I think you're right, man. I mean, look, the Silverbacks have played this sort of brand of basketball all season. You know, they they want it to be a low scoring scrap. Yep. Um, obviously, Kyle is as drafted around that he's drafted a team full of dogs that want to defend and would rather fight over the ball and uh, and and force it to be a scrappy game than have blokes running trans and getting easy buckets so um they got themselves a, a bit of a fight in this one 41 beating 43 so no not a score line that's going to set the world on fire for either team but um yeah it's it's i like what the foxes have done you know you, it's not often that See, if I'm thinking of the Silverbacks and I'm playing them, which I haven't yet, but I would want to just hurt them on offense. Like, in my mind, I'd be like, okay, sweet. They want to play a defensive game. That's fine. I'm going to put 70 on them. Whereas I feel like the Foxes have been a bit smarter here and gone, you know what? Let's scrap. Let's scrap and win. Let's beat them at their own game and and send a bit bit of a shiver up them. So they've done a really good job. It's the um, shooting percentage and possibly the shot selection that sort of separates these two teams. Um, because the Silverbacks had 63 shots compared to the Foxes' 49 so- shots. So there's about 6 or 7% difference in their shooting uh, for the night. And I think when we say shooting for the night, um, the ability for the Foxes to hit the three ball, I think Benji Coco was a big, big difference in this game. He's hit four threes. Um, I think that's really, really important against the Silverbacks. You need to stretch them and you need to have that ability to shoot from outside. No, you're absolutely right, mate. And if you've got, you know, I feel like a player like Benji is probably the, as you pretty much said, the kryptonite to the Silverbacks. You know, he's a he's a catch and shoot. He's going to do all of his damage from outside. Um, and he's done it here. He's had four from 13. He's had 12 points, uh, 30% from the field, which is about right if you're doing it all from the arc, I reckon, in our league. Yep, yep. Uh, if, you shoot, if your shooting percentage has a three in front of it from the arc, you're doing a pretty good job. Uh, big Dave Morseman had eight and fifteen and a really, really strong showing. Um, 
I think this guy's going to be a big difference come finals for the for the Foxes. I don't. There's not many that are, are going to be strong enough to either move Dave out the way or do anything about it when he wants to move them out the way. So, uh, 15 rebounds. He had a couple of blocks as well. Eight points from from only nine looks. So pretty efficient as well. Uh, Joshy Lanting had seven points. Uh, it's uh, Lachlan Elliott. Sorry, I don't know this yep. guy's name. That's a bit, little yep. bit rude. Sorry, Lockie. Um, didn't hit the scoreboard, but he had a few rebounds in there as well. Uh, six rebounds, sorry. And a couple of offensive boards too. Matt Darcy had three and nine. Um, going to go over to the assist because I feel like I'm going to sell him short there. Four dimes as well to go on his box score there for Matty. He's had a sneaky good season too, by the way, Matty. Yeah, uh, he's got better as the season's gone on as well. Now, I was looking at his uh, season numbers. We'll chat about it in the GM chat. And he's like 10, 6, and 6, which for a point guard is fantastic. I think uh, six, 6 assists in the uh, in Super League as well is like 10 assists. Like yeah, it's pretty, yeah, well, we're not ragging our, uh, our stat yeah, keepers, but if there's one there, that's still two. The so guys really winning about there from Noah, counted and 46% them, so from the field. Really Might rely on you to go through the Silverbacks. Yeah, man. Yeah, so over the Silverbacks, we had... um. Dave Gormley, as as normal, um, puts up a big uh, big showing, a lot of shots, and um, had a really good night for the Silverbacks. Had 13 points, seven rebounds, two steals, a few assists. Jake Sutherland also very good. He's had a great season, 11 and nine. Uh, Jordy Hendricks is a little bit quiet. He's had two and two. Uh, Josh Farrower has had eight and seven. Kyle Sutherland zero and four. Um, Michael Kassab two points, one rebound. And Riley Lanting's had five, five points, uh, three rebounds, and a steal as well. Um, I, I think it's just the um, the difference solely was the outside, the outside game of Benji Coco. Obviously, credit to Dave Morseman on the inside as well. Um, it's probably not a bad game for the Silverbacks to be losing now because if you lose this, the uh, first week of finals, it's season over. So it's a little bit of a um, a little bit of a wake up call. I think they'll um, they'll regroup. Um, they'll shoot better. They, they, they haven't shot this bad so far this season. Usually, um, the caliber of these guys, Gormley and Sutherland and, and, and Josh Farrow and stuff, they're great shooters. Um, so they'll um, they'll bounce back and they'll be fine. Um, so nothing to worry about for the Silverbacks. I think it's it's purely um, uh, a learn learn from it, move on, and um, and look forward to next week. So for these for the Silverbacks, then next week when they play, they're just playing for a seeding to see where they finish, um, to see where their matchup will be. But there's uh, a possibility that they will play the um, play the Foxes the first week of finals as well. So um, we'll, we'll, um, we'll see what happens. No, absolutely. I don't think there's any alarm bells for the Silverbacks, mate. They're, um, I think their brand's going to stack up, especially in finals. You know, defense usually wins you uh, the high-pressure yep. games. So, um, and like you said, this is probably going to be a little bit of a teaser for round one. Yep, of the, uh, of the fo- yeah, so the, the Foxes will definitely back themselves in. Um, yeah, I like their team. Like I said, I, I, I like watching Benji shoot. You know, you don't draft him to do anything else, really. Um, you get some pretty good defense out of him as well. He usually likes a steal or two and gets a few rebounds, but you draft him purely to catch and shoot. And he, He's a match winner. I've seen, I've seen him do it before. I've refed a few games last season, and he'd have like five threes in the first quarter or fourth. Yeah in the first three minutes of the game and just go, just break the game open. And um, he's one of the best shooters in the league. Um, I think he always sort of goes in that third or fourth round. He's, uh, he's, he's value for money, Benji. He, you know, he's a, he's a great shooter and you need to get him shots. And 
um, and they got him plenty of shots. And uh, yeah, I love his game. I think he's he's great. I wish I could shoot half as good as the way Benji could shoot. Shooting thirty percent from three for the season. So, like I said, the man's uh, definitely doing a good job picking his shots, and he's a smart enough player to know when it's sort of not dropping for him. He yep. starts to turn into more of that sort of defensive type of guy and and distributes a little bit more. So. Averaging 12 points per game as well and, um, you know, doing a really good job of it. I was spewing when I moved – not spewing, but I moved over to the uh, the Monday comp and I couldn't draft him again. I obviously had him last season. Um, yep. Yeah, you love seeing this guy put up numbers. Like I said, I think the big fridge is a, is a key for the Foxes come finals time. Yeah. Um, there's not many that are going to be able to, to sort of put up with the with the strength that he can show in the paint. But also his distributing skills, it's one of, it's probably something that's a little bit underrated on, on Dave. He's got a little bit uh, of uh, Nikola Djokic about his game, doesn't he? Yeah, like he's, no, absolutely. He's he's, his court vision is elite, and he obviously he's got a pretty high IQ when it comes to the game. So, no, he knows what he's doing. Um, that's the end of the Tuesday night comp, mate. I think we want to touch on uh, player of the uh, week and no, team no, of the no, week. No. Oh, no, one more game. Oh, one I'm embarrassed. One more game. Very so as a pisser, too. Just, Probably uh, the game just of the night. bear with me if you want to do the intro. Nah, I'll uh, I'll load into it, mate. We had the Penguins getting up on the Ducks by two points, uh, 67 to 65, and a bit of a comeback win as well. I reckon they were down at the final change. Uh, for the Ducks, it was a bit of vintage Dale Taylor, 25. He had eight uh, rebounds. He had a couple of steals. 10 from 20 from the field, shooting at 50%. Dan Catolico had himself another double-double, 10 and 17. He had five offensive boards as well. <clears throat> Pardon me. Till Henry, two and seven. James Minimar had five rebounds. John O'Bray, uh, <coughs> another future first-round pick, had 10 and 12. Uh, Leon Stapley, 12 points. And Lucas Armstrong had six and two. Pardon me. For the Penguins, uh, it was the GM Starkey doing the bulk of the damage. He had 15 and 22 uh, Joey Nacevo, 11.6 rebounds. Harry Darcy, 9 points, 10 rebounds. One point shy of the double-double, so that's pretty good for there for Harry. Uh, Jack BM, 12 points, 1 rebound. Lucas Thomas, 17 points, 6 rebounds. Uh, team's highest scorer there. And Matty Waitley had 3 points and 4. That um that Penguins scorecard, man, that is super impressive. Obviously, the um the Ducks scorecard was really good as well. Like you've, You know, the Ducks have got four guys in double figures. The Penguins have got four guys in double figures and Harry Darcy one shy of that. So they've now got five guys in double figures. That's a that's a really good um, you know, really good sign of a team combining and playing well together. Um, when you've got multiple guys in double figures. And in this whole game, you've got nine, eight guys, nearly nine guys in double figures. So it's a really um really awesome game. It's um I guess it's a bit of a I don't want to say a story of the duck season. Uh, but um, they've been close in a lot of games. You know, oh, you feel like you feel like they're only a you know five or six shots across the season dropping, and they're sort of right up there in the finals contention. So I know I've ragged them out a, a fair bit. You know, usually we got DT on here, so it's an easy uh, <laughs> it's an easy go out. But um, no, they've had a pretty good season. This is a really high quality game. You know, you got one hundred and thirty odd points between the two teams getting dropped. So. Good to yeah, watch. A lot, of shots, a lot of shots going up as well. Like they're, they're, they've combined for about 160 shots. These two teams, so and shot at but, 34 and 31 percent as well. So it's not like they were shooting poorly. No, I think yeah, they're, they're just you know high intensity and a lot of transition 
I guess. And um, they must have had the shot clock going, maybe, because the, sh- the, the shots were going up pretty quickly. The shots were, yeah, the shots were getting up. It's one thing, actually, a few people have brought up that Super League could use a shot clock. I personally like a slower game, so I say new. <laughs> I, I, I love the idea because, obviously, any close game, especially this game was close, um, you got to keep playing to score. you got to keep playing to get a shot up. You're going to get rewarded if you get your rebound back. Um, I love the idea of a shot clock. It's, you know, traditional FIBA basketball. But there's obviously a lot of um, logistics around that. Obviously, um, oh, yeah. getting, got getting the scoreboard, the scoreboard needs to be connected to a shot clock um, machine and um, they need to um, be connected together, obviously. So that there's a significant expense with that. And obviously, having someone run the shot clock as well is, um, you know, another paid expense potentially. Mm. So um, it would make the game better. I, I think the shot clocks always make the game better, but yeah, there's a lot of logistics and fin- financials around that. It's tough going, man. It's um, yeah, like I said, it's a point that a lot of guys make, but like you said, there's a lot that goes into making Super League what it is already. And if you add something like that, it's sort of you're not talking one extra player, person to man it. There's probably a fair bit of hardware in it as well. Um, yep. On the Ducks, um, like I said, Dale Taylor's had a fantastic game. He's had a pretty good season. I mean, I'll be honest, I reckon he got drafted probably five picks too high. Because um, <laughs> you had pick, what, 14 or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, I had pick 11, mate, and I ended okay. up with a white version of KD, so I'm pretty happy with mine. Yep. But um, but DT, I think he got picked at pick 10, and he was filthy about it. He was not happy. Um <laughs> And not that it's uh, reflected on the season. He's played every bit of a, a first-round pick. Um, I think he just wants to take the foot off the pedal in future seasons and let someone else do majority of the work. Oh, I'm just quite clicked on him uh, this season. He's averaged – let's look at his averages. 13 points a game. Yep, that's first-round in numbers, I reckon. Um, six rebounds a game. Mm-hmm. And four assists per game. That's and fantastic score line. Yeah, and he's shot at 36%. So I think he's had a really – and 36% as well from outside. So I think he's had a pretty impressive season. I think DT has done really well. I think he has done very well. I liked Dan Catolico's game throughout the season. He put up multiple double-doubles. Yeah. Um, it looks like a really hard guy to sort of keep out of the way in the paint. Yeah. Um, he has a fantastic beard as well, which always, you know, jots him up a notch or two in my book. <laughs> Um, but and obviously they had a bit of upsetting as well. Leon Stapley came in. I can't remember who they lost now. Actually, who was uh, the player that Leon replaced? Oh yeah, Jacob Begg. Yep, yep. Yeah. So you know Leon's come back in. He's obviously had a fair bit of time off basketball. But the season, as the season went on, the shot started to drop for him. Uh, and John O'Bray is going to be a top five pick next season in the draft if he's not GMing. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see where John O goes. He sort of plays his game down a lot, but let's uh, let's let's analyze his numbers as well. He's had eight points a game, six rebounds. He's shot at twenty five percent. He's probably he's probably a second rounder. Yeah, I think even for the IQ, I don't know. Actually, you know, like, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I'd probably take him third. Third Dep- round? Yeah, I think it depends on who you go with first. I'll be like yeah, in, I'll in be my team. I'm on Jono in the second. I think. Yeah, in, like if I'm drafting, I'm not drafting a big first. Do you know what I mean? Unless it's unless I've got a really high pick and they're a, a top quality, like I think I drafted Andy P yep. last season. There's not many other bigs that I'm going to target in the first round, so I'm going guard guard. Yep. And I reckon I reckon Jono on my draft board probably falls to the third, but I reckon there'd be a lot of teams that would definitely take him in the second. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Obviously, it comes down to who's in the draft pool, um, who performs well at the combines, and then obviously the the pieces that you say complement whatever you got in the first yeah. round. No, for sure. I want John O'Brien's shooting attempts on Jess Maudsley's shooting form. That would be pretty nice. That would be sexy. And then I've got him in the first round every week. Anyway, <laughs> we move on here. The Ducks are obviously done. They've got one more game, and they'll uh, definitely be trying to, I guess, go out with a full head of steam uh, and launch into a car park session, cooking some sausages and having some lemonade. So... Good on the Ducks. They've played all right, especially since I started pasting them on the pod. They've definitely lifted their game. Credit uh, to you, Plaz. I reckon they listen. They listen to the pod and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna show Plaz." Mate, I don't I don't uh, <laughs> do these things out of a I guess a bad place. I only yeah. want to see teams and players improve. And if you think that I'm here pasting you on the pod, it's probably because I want to see you do better. So yeah, think about that. Remember that season where you won. Dan Whitfield, the finals MVP. <laughs> Worst trade in Super League history. Man <laughs> wins finals MVP and they win the chip. So And Starkey looked like a genius because of that. Starkey is a genius. Actually, so hang on. On the, on the Philly Island Penguins, are they in fourth at the moment? No. No, I think they're just going to miss out, unfortunately. And I think um, I think the the Foxes. Oh, yeah, yeah. They are. I just talked about it, yeah. That was our last game. Do you want to um, do you want to quickly have a little sneak peek of the ladder and um, and we'll um, we'll go through that and then we've got a few other things to announce as well. I absolutely do. You can talk. I'm getting it up on my screen as we yep. speak. So just the South Conference, uh, the top four teams are locked up, but they're playing for seedings. So there's a possibility that you know one can go three, two can go four, four can go whatever. Like that, they the results can really change around this week for them. All the seedings can. Um, the Sharks are in first place, Pirates second, Rangers third, and Bloodhounds fourth. Um, and the Crocs and the Pacers were the, the probably the two unlucky teams to to be good enough, but but not making finals. Uh, for the East Conference as well, you've got the the Emerald Bears up top, Silverbacks slide to second spot, the Dragons comfortably in third, and then you've got the Foxes that have um sewn up the fourth spot. So um, it's the Penguins and the and the Bulldogs that are the unlucky teams to miss out in the East Conference. But as we said, the, the Bucks and the Ducks have sort of come home pretty strong as well. Sorry, the Ducks have come home strong and the Bucks have, have fallen away. But there's a little bit of um, room for movement on the ladder, but the, the four seedings are set now for, for both the South and the East Conference. It's an interesting one, mate. I look at that uh, Tuesday comp. You've got three teams locked on eight wins. Yeah, uh, with the Bears, the Silverbacks, and the Dragons. So obviously they're all playing for position this week. None of them play each other, do they? Let's let's have a quick look. Fantastic question. I wouldn't know. I haven't got the thing up. Uh, and then on the Monday night, obviously the the Sharks and my Pirates on eight wins, and then seven and seven. So pretty much all positions on the Monday night team could theoretically change. Oh, yeah, they can all swap around, and obviously the um the Rangers and the Bloodhounds in third and fourth position have got a little bit of a percentage advantage on the Sharks and Pirates as well. So percentage might also play a little bit of a role in the uh, in the overall seedings as well. Well, uh, I like the – sorry, on percentage, your Bloodhounds row, uh, 111 and the Rangers, 134. So if those two teams win and somehow the Sharks and the Pirates both lose, essentially the, the four flips. Yeah, it can. Yeah, that's right. Essentially, yeah. That's um. So let's have a look. Bloodhounds have got koalas, Pirates have got Pacers, mm. Rangers have got Crocs. 
and the Sharks have got the Vikings. Mm. Which yeah, I think, you know, going off ladder position, we all win, don't we? There's going to be a um, there's going to be an upset in there somewhere. Yeah, for sure. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. It's uh, like if you're just going off ladder position, they're all the top four are favourites in every one of those games, but you never know. Um, yeah. I guess if you're picking a what team don't you want to play first week of the finals, row? No, this is the this is the question that I ask and I don't answer. No, 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 no. <laughs> you're going to answer. No, it my my answer to that is. Um, we're happy to take on anyone, anytime, any place. Uh, we're, we're very fortunate, you know, to have the opportunity to be playing finals, and we're pretty excited by that opportunity. Um, we lost to the Sharks and we lost to the Pirates, but we were lucky enough to beat the Rangers throughout the season. However, the Rangers are probably the most informed team, so it's a um, that's a very tricky question to answer. Um, I don't think it is. I don't want to play the Rangers, and I'm probably going to end up playing the Rangers. So, yeah, maybe. You know, it's going to be interesting. Well, there's going to be another little twist. Um, on the East Conference, we've got the Bears, the Silverbacks, and the Dragons all on eight. And their percentage is super tight. you got 123 oh, yeah. and 123. So um, literally a couple goals can sort of separate second and third, not that that makes a difference because you'd be playing against each other anyway. But um, maybe like 10 or 10 or 15 points could maybe get you from second to second to first Absolutely. Uh, on the differential. So let's have a look at, to see who those teams are playing. You've got the Penguins and the Dragons. That's going to be, um, that's, that's a real tough one. I think that's I think a cheeky game. That one. Yep. The Ducks and Bucks, the Unicorns and Bears and the Bulldogs and Silverbacks. So um, yeah, the Bulldogs are in great form as well. So we'll see, we'll see what, um, what ends there. And, um, the Foxes have, are just going to finish in fourth spot and they'll play the um, the top-seeded team. Interesting, mate. There's still a lot that can go, that can happen, I guess, in this last round. So I'll be interested to see where it all finishes up and I guess who we uh, I guess who we end up playing first round of the finals, which are only two weeks away. Yeah. Um, yeah. Might as well lead in, mate. We, let's yeah. have a look at our Season 10 uh, GMs. So this has just been announced today. Yep. On uh, on the Super League Facebook site, we did it a bit differently this season. We opened it essentially up for applications. So, season's gone by. Um, not that it's been a bit of a, a pick and choose kind of thing, but it, there's never been an official way to put your hand up apart from essentially telling someone on the board or one of the directors that you wanted to have a crack. Uh, so, we put something in place. We put a little uh, little questionnaire there out there. Um, and we got a surprising, not a surprising, but we got a really healthy number of applicants, which is good. So um, we'll rattle them off, mate. Uh, I'm just reading this in the order the list is in. So yep. I'm on top. Uh, it's because I'm the best GM. It's because <laughs> I deserve the recognition. And it's because this is actually in draft order. I've got pick one. So what a shame. Uh, <laughs> now we've got Lucas Plaza, Curtis Wheeler, Josh Saunders, Bailey Griffiths, uh, Riley Lanting putting his hand up to GM, I believe, for the first time. I think Riley's the plan with Riley is he's going to take over the Foxes from Josh. So Very I think that's nice. A really cool transition. No, absolutely. Uh, Kyle Sutherland, Lee Belton, Carl Tierkinen returning to GM. Uh, he's had a season off due to injury. Uh, yourself, Roe. Yeah. Uh, we'll, yeah. Sorry, mate. We'll go again. Um, We'll see how we go. Really excited. And obviously with Carl, he's going to take his Bulldogs back as well, I think. Nah, yeah. Well, we haven't we haven't done franchises yet, so there might be a little bit of jostling there. Yeah. Because uh, there's going to be, it might be a little bit of awkwardness here. If Dan Blythe uh, and Carl, you know, maybe it <laughs> might just be a little shirts off wrestle in the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the gym that we can all, you know, 
have bets on and treat it like, like a cop fight. <laughs> Uh, Fab Monty putting his hand up to have a crack, which I really like. Uh, Fab's a fantastic long-time member of Super League, uh, a very nice guy, uh, and he's decided to take the reins of a franchise this season, which is good fun. Uh, Jay Rich uh, also putting his hand up. Hayden Melson. I'm not sure if H has done it before or not. I don't think he has. No. No, this is no, So he's a freshie. Uh, and yeah. another first-round GM, which I love to see. Uh, Luke Thomas putting his hand up. Good on him. Uh, he's two or three seasons in now and a really nice guy as well. Uh, Jakey Sutherland, Kyle's son. Uh, this is interesting because Kyle essentially threatened everyone that if they drafted Jake, it was going to be bare knuckle. Um, so I think, Jake, I think Jake, this is like Jake's way out. He's like, man, I don't <laughs> want to play with dad anymore. This is my best chance of not playing with him. I'll get my own franchise. So Yeah, stuff it. I don't want any part of that. Very good. <laughs> uh, Ryland Dunn, uh, he had a couple of seasons away from Super League. He's, he's back this season uh, and next season decided to put his hand up, which is fantastic. Uh, Summit Thapa, he's going to GM, which I'm really excited for because I love watching this guy play and he's, uh, he's been a long-time Super League member. Has his own Facebook page with the highlights that get posted there. Uh, and last but not least, Matt Darcy's returning to have another crack at it. So... You know, I'm, I, I like the list, mate. I like the way that we've done it this season, given everyone an opportunity to put their hand up and, and sort of, you know, make it well known that they want to have a crack at something like this because it's a good job. I think we both agree that it's it's uh, not without its challenges. It's not like a full-time gig or anything. You've just got to pick your team and make sure they all show up. But it's, a, it's, it's good. It's rewarding to do. Yeah, there is, you know, a big, you know, commitment to it and expectation, obviously, in terms of, um, performance and professionalism and effort and leadership is obviously is very important. And I know with the selections um, this season, it was extremely difficult. There was a lot of um, quality applicants um, and there was a lot of good people that missed out as well. So it's um, it's never um, it's never an easy thing to, to deliver that message that people were unsuccessful. Um, I strongly encourage those guys to have another crack next season as well because there was a lot of good guys that, that missed out this season and um, it is good for the for the league to have a little bit of a rotation and get some fresh faces in there as well. So it's really cool. And I, I like to look at it the other way too. I see a couple of long-time GMs not doing it. Uh, Brad Stark, he's uh, obviously, yep. I'm assuming he's playing, he's going to be in the draft. Uh, Greg Wise, who <clears throat> has GMed pretty much all by one of his seasons that he's played, he's going to be in the draft. Um, Dan Stowe. Yep. Not GMing as well. Um, so there's a few names there that are long-time GMs that are either going to be in the draft or... John, John uh, O'Brien, as we discussed before. Yeah, as we discussed there. So I'm going to be stupid and take him in the first. Uh, Mick Blythe had a crack this season. He's going to be in the draft. So this, uh, it's going to be interesting because there's always a lot of debate on uh, amongst the GMs of where they would go in the draft when they're whinging about their GM selections. Um. And there's always a lot of sandbagging, so there's no lying this season. It's going to be this is where you go, and if you come back into it, we've got evidence now, don't we? Well, that that's it, and it's, it's really good. Obviously, we are picking guys that have had multiple seasons in the league, and um, there is statistical evidence. And you said I've got to match it up to see where where they would go, and then um, you know we've got to also match it up with the the draft class and the quality of how many people try out and the quality of of, uh, of the tryouts and the combines as well. So. It's a very difficult job, the um, the GM selections. Absolutely, mate. Now, looking forward to – and it's a good segue, too, to, I guess, spruik the uh, the rego for Season 10 is out. Yep. Um, yep. There's a link on our website. You'll see a lot of people have shared it already. Uh, a lot of players and a lot of supporters of the league have shared the link. So 
if you're listening to the pod and you haven't had a crack uh, this season or looking to try something new, by all means, get on board. Uh, spots tend to fill pretty quickly uh, and we've got a pretty quick turnaround on this next season. So no massive gap. Um, what have we got? Like three or four weeks off and then straight into the combines? Well, right? it's only three or four weeks off for, for the teams that aren't making finals. Um, yeah. The team that makes it all the way through to the grand final, it's uh, it's like one week and then you're back. Oh, no. It's, you won't uh, even get to have a mad Monday, mate, if you win the flag this season. Nah, no, nah, straight, my approach. <laughs> straight into it. So uh, we will get the, the timeline or the proposed calendar up um, on the website throughout the week, hopefully. And um, that sort of gives people an idea of their availability and stuff like that. But we are looking to kick the season off straight away because we are aware that obviously tomorrow night or Tuesday night is the um, the final game for, for half the teams in the league. So um, we want to get the season started as quick as we can. No, and I'm looking forward to it, mate. The summer season is, I don't want to say that, you tend to get a lot of the rep boys uh, put their hand up for the summer season. I think it just, the, the dates tend to work out better with uh, with big V-ball. Yeah. Um, so the quality, not that it uh, dips at all, but is, is definitely there in the summer season. Uh, you get a few of the, the guys that take off the winter season due to big V, putting yep. their hand back up. So, no, it should be good. So, but, but everyone who uh, who hasn't done it yet, jump on that link when it, uh, when it comes across your screen next and, so on your yeah, do it, it's, uh, do it's it fun. Sooner, sooner rather than later because, as you said, there are some guys coming back. Um, obviously, with footy season and stuff, like more guys probably do want to jump in the summer league. So um, to jump on when you can, as quick as you can. And um, obviously, if money's an, uh, an issue as well, you should pay in for option as well. That's um, strongly encouraged. Absolutely, mate. Uh, player of the week. Player of the week, um, man, this was an easy one, I think. Um, it was not usually easy. There's usually a bit of a conjecture in the polls, but this week was very easy. Very one. We've got Kyle Nagel from the Rangers, 50 points, seven rebounds, seven assists, seven offensive rebounds. That is seven assists and seven steals, 50 points. That's a pretty easy um, player of the week. And congratulations to Kyle for South player of the week. East player of the week, Dan Eagleton from the Bulldogs, 24 points, nine rebounds, four assists and three steals. As I said, that was an awesome performance by Dan. We know he's capable of that, and we hope that um, we can see more of that in the future because we love um, we love Dan Eagleton, and we love when he's uh, putting up these shots. As I said, one of the best mid-range jumpers in the league. Mate, there's, uh, I, I love seeing, and as much as obviously the best players in our comp usually sort of get the nod for these types of awards because they're you know stats-based, but I love yep. seeing new faces in there. Dan Eagleton... I reckon uh, a couple of weeks ago, one of my boys won it, Brendan Clark. Um, yep. Not uh, sort of household names when it comes to the Player of the Week polls. So good to see some fresh bases in there. And that, and that's also why we sort of um, extended and we, last season we, we created like Team of the Week as well to make sure that we were recognising. You know, like there's a guy, Cooper Lanty's had 34 points this week and he couldn't make Player of the Week because of how, how good, um, you know, how good... Kyle was with his 50s. So um, let's go through team of the week. Obviously, we've got Kyle Nagel from the Rangers, Dan Eagleton at the two spot from the Bulldogs, Hayden Melson at the three from the Crocs. We've got Lee Belton as well, obviously with his 49 shots, uh, 36 points, I think it was. And Bradley Starkey as well. He had a huge double-double. He'd be in the centre. Rounding out the team, coming off the bench, we've got Michael Blythe from the Dragons. He had 27 points and obviously Coop Lanting with 34 for the Bloodhounds and now off to Dawson University. So exciting times for Cooper. Um, and again, we wish him best of luck. I saw, um, you know, Karen put up a few posts um, yesterday, obviously the departure of Cooper on Saturday. And, um, 
obviously a very emotional time for the Lanting family. And, um, you know, I, I hope that I hope they're, they're okay and they're getting through it. And Cooper got to the other end um, safely um, and he's chasing his dream. And I'm, I'm really excited for him. Mate, absolutely. And we love having the Lanting family around uh, watching the game. So I, I certainly hope now that their favourite son uh, has jetted off, they still come and watch the Lesser Brothers in Riley and Josh uh, continue yeah. to ball out. So, no, nah, I'm being harsh there. They're not the Lesser Brothers. Riley has probably the best moustache in Super League and Josh is one of the better guys you'll meet. So, um, all the best to Coop. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing about Dil Jenk in Player of the Week and Team of the Week discussions uh, this week, mate, because I reckon he's going to come straight in and kick the door down for you. Man, I hope so. We know that he can. We know he's a uh, an MVP. We also know he's a defensive player of the year. Um, so he's got a lot to bring. And we're I'm, I'm so privileged and so lucky to be playing with these quality of guys, like quality players as well. Like this league is like gives you those opportunities to play with that talent. So very grateful for that opportunity, mate. It's uh, and I'll talk on. You know, it's one of the things that I spruik to people. Uh, when I'm talking about Super League, if they don't know about the, I guess, the concept in the league, is that you get an opportunity every season to play with six other dudes that you probably haven't either played with or met before. And that's awesome. Yeah. Like, it's... I remember my first couple of seasons of Super League. Uh, so I've played since Domestic 1. Um, so whatever that is, five, six years ago, eight seasons ago, nine seasons ago. And I've met some of my... Like, I'm unashamed to say, some of my closest friends that I have now, I've met... Yep playing Super League, um, and it's good fun. And you, like you said, you get to you, it's a privilege to play with some of these guys. You, you learn some new things. You meet some new people. Um, yeah. I don't think – do we have much else to talk about here, Rob? I think we're pretty okay. much done, brother. Picked everything, haven't we? Yeah, we can waffle on for another 15 minutes if we want, <laughs> but I think both of us want to get to bed. So, Yeah, I think I've still got some kids floating around the house that <laughs> might need to uh, to get to bed so um hey thank you for tonight i appreciate you um you jumping on and, and, and hosting tonight so thank you so much now so apologies I've, I've had the cough on tonight i've been a little bit crooks but um hopefully the standard was still up to what everyone expects without dt running the ship so now very good mate good luck this week and we'll see you guys uh next week on the pod cheers thanks thanks boys cheers oh thank fuck hang on man you gotta push and recording before you say that no, well, it's a Dale's going to cut it to the top. <laughs> hey, one. Don't, don't, cut this, don't cut this part out, Dale. It's good viewing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the pod. Uh, this week, we've got a bit of a special edition. Um, the bald man himself, Dale Taylor, is not available. Oh, shit, Ro, give me a sec. Fuck, Lil, no, 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 no. No, baby, no, 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 come on. Oh,